0: If you would uh, actually take your missalettes out again. I'm going to look for a little uh, class participation tonight. And I turn back to that gospel, 140, page 142. I just want to go through this gospel with you because I, I find it to be personally very intriguing what the Lord is saying. What, what Jesus is telling us about the kingdom. And, you know, who's invited, who doesn't get in, who gets thrown out. The first thing I want you to consider is this. Just as you heard the gospel proclaimed, uh, or as you were reading along, just, you know, what was your first immediate sort of reaction? Was your reaction uh, sort of fear? Like, oh my gosh, I might not get in. Or um, I don't know if I'm going to make the cut or maybe I'll get thrown out or something like. So the first thing, you know, what was sort of just your, your, your gut feeling? Was it, was it fear or was it, Oh this is great we're all invited. It's just interesting I think for you to consider that first. How did you hear what was said? Now when we look at the the actual words that Jesus spoke he's he's again he's addressing the chief priests and the elders the leaders right so the like the bishops and the and the priests or something would be comparable today. And so he's he's teaching them about what the kingdom of God is like. Now remember that the chief priests and and elders back then would have been pretty exclusive, right? Because they were the really, really good Jews. Um, Everybody else sort of paled in comparison. And the way that they looked at at everybody else was, you know, they're not really really good enough like we are. All right. So he says to them, Jesus says, look, this is what heaven is like. This is what the kingdom of, of God is like. This is what heaven is like. It's like a king who sends out invitations to people, come to the feast, and a, a, the first request, the first invitations go out, and no one RSVPs. No one comes. By the way, I hate the RSVP social thing. I hate that, I hate getting a thing that I have to respond to. And then you get a call, you didn't respond to the RSVP, ah, I didn't even wanna to talk to you about it, so anyway, but. <laughs> that's, that's me anyway, well you know where I'm going, um, maybe I can help some of you, <laughs> so, so first he's got this banquet, he invites all these people, they ignore him, they just ignored him, all right, so then he says, well, to his attendants or his servants, you know, go out and tell them again, look, I've, I've, I've killed the fatted calf, You know, all the best meat, all the best food is going to be there. This is the greatest feast you could ever have. Come, you're invited. And so then we hear that still some people are like, no, meh, meh, just, you know, I got other stuff going on. They're indifferent. They just don't accept the invitation. Then we hear that there's others who actually receive the invitation with hatred and ultimately respond with violence, for they mistreat the servants who who simply invited them and ultimately kill them. There's people who receive the message of God with indifference and turn away, and there's others who receive that message of salvation, and they actually respond with violence, seeking to kill God's messengers. Now obviously here he's talking to the chief priests and scribes, so he's alluding to the prophets, right? But we can extrapolate that to today, you know, anybody who's delivering the message of Christ, and then therefore people who respond with, you know, hostility toward that. There are people who are just very hostile to anything that's Christian. Now what happens to them? Well, you know, he destroyed them and burned their city. So if If you're somebody who's responding hostile to Christ, I can't really make it any better for you. That's what you're in for. If it's one of you, you're going to be destroyed. You cannot have both. You cannot respond to Christ with violence and anger and expect to be saved. And if you're not saved, you're destroyed. I mean, that's what Jesus says. I'm not saying it. I would rather it not be so hard. I'd rather not be so black and white, but it's not up to me, thank goodness. But this is the, what Jesus says, well, if you, if you are going to respond with a rejection of me, because that's what it means, You know, that's what he's talking about, is people who completely reject, not even just the indifference, but the people who, who sort of violently reject the message of Christ, that, that's why hell exists. Because there has to be a place for them after they die, and they certainly don't want to be with Jesus. There has to be then a place of not God, if there's a place of God. All right. Now I would hope that none of us fall into those camps, although I suspect there's some people here tonight who are indifferent. And the most that I can say to you, or the best thing I can say to you is, at some point, make a decision. It's better to be hot or cold. But don't be indifferent. Don't go through your life, you know, sort of kind of being Christian or kind of being Catholic. It's not worth it, and it doesn't pay off in the end. Now, so, so the king, our heavenly father, you know, we're, we're left with, okay, all of these people who either outrightly rejected or just were indifferent to his invitation. And then he moves further, and, and the, the servants, those who survived, come back. And, you know, you kind of get this sense that the king is a bit exasperated. You know, all these people I invited just didn't want to come, or they were violent. And so he says to his servants, just go out into the streets, in the gutters. Just anybody who wants a great meal, you know? Anybody who wants to be just a a part of this wedding feast. Just anyone, just bring anybody. Not anybody who's on the good list. You know, the naughty and nice list. Presumably the the people who were invited first were were on the good list. And now he's saying, everybody, just invite anybody who wants to come. And that's what we hear. The servants go out into the streets and they gather all they could find, bad and good alike. Bad and good alike. Not only are the good invited to heaven, so are the bad. I mean, I, I wonder how many of us you know, think we're, maybe we're not even good enough to be in the church, but, but even more so, maybe we think we're not good enough to ever go to heaven. This should be a consolation for us, if you're like me. You know, it should be a consolation that the, the Father sends out his servants and he says, just anyone, bad and good. The bad are invited just as much as the good are. So if you're here and you think you're not good enough, fine. You're welcome anyway. All are invited, because in the sense, none of us are good enough. It's Christ who makes us worthy, because it's Christ who invites us. So that's what we hear, right? So he invites all, anybody who wants to come. So here they're in the wedding feast. Now, we know, even today, that if you go to a wedding, you probably shouldn't wear cutoffs and a tank top or a Led Zeppelin T-shirt, or something. I'm trying to think of my wardrobe. Um, you know, you, you, you got to, you know, you got to gussy up a little bit, brush your hair, take a shower, wear some nice clothes. It's a wedding, after all. So, Jesus finds, he's walking through, the bad and the good alike. There are bad, there are good. Just this, this you know, uh, panoply of people, I guess. And he goes through and he finds somebody who's not dressed properly. And he said, what are you doing? You're, this is a great feast. And you're, you're wearing that? And so he throws him out. He doesn't get to go to heaven. Now, Jesus is not really talking about attire. He's not talking about clothes. I mean, there's not going to be clothes in heaven, right? What kind of clothes would a soul wear you know, I mean, there's no clothes in heaven. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. For the man who showed up but was not, did not have the right disposition, he wasn't wearing, if you will, within his own soul or spirit, the right disposition to be there. You know, maybe he showed up and he wasn't grateful for this incredible feast. He, he just kind of went along with the crowd, so to speak. So everybody else kind of went in and they said, oh, no, this is, a, this is an important thing. This is a good thing. We need to prepare ourselves in some way. Or we need to be respectful to the one who's, who's thrown the celebration. We need to comport ourselves in, in a particular way. Maybe this guy, you know, showed up and, like I said, he wasn't grateful. Or um, he had a sense of entitlement, like, you know, you owe me what I'm receiving, something like that. And again, to, to run with this sort of metaphor, a person cannot enter into heaven expecting that they deserve it. That doesn't make sense. Because the gift is the, gift is, is the banquet, you know? Heaven is a gift, you, you can't deserve a gift. So a person can't have that disposition. A person can't have a disposition of pride, which is very closely aligned with that a person cannot have a disposition of a lack of repentance so the bad and the good are there but both the bad and the good would be repentant right because they would understand being in the presence of the almighty that there's a there's a tremendous lack within themselves that that would presumably therefore return gratitude but also return a certain amount of repentance because all of the bad people, like us, (laughs) would know that we don't deserve it. So the right wedding garment is the right spiritual disposition when one enters and when one receives the gift. So here's my last point. Everything we do in this life is a preparation for the next. Everything we do in this life is a building of virtue and a building of of holiness to prepare us to have the right disposition when we enter into heaven, to presumably, if we're able to enter at all. We have to have the right disposition. And so what we do here is practice, but it's also a building up of disposition for what we hope to attain, right? So what do I mean? Well, all right, consider this. How do you receive Holy Communion? And I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually. When you come forward and you receive the Holy Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, the real presence of Christ that you can take into your very being, and be united intimately with God himself, how do you receive the Eucharist? And I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. Yes, you are, Father, because I feel bad. No, I mean, that's not my point. My point is, or that's not my goal. My goal isn't that. My goal is just to get us to reflect. Okay, so, so maybe we kind of go through the motions at, at times. All right, well, let's just be honest with ourselves about that. Maybe we're too lackadaisical. Maybe we receive this gift with indifference, just like, you know, the people in the gospel. Maybe that's how we've been receiving. All right, well, whatever it is for you, whatever the reality is for you, it's time to change that reality for the better. It's time to to take upon ourselves the proper dispositions, gratitude, humility, right? Repentance. Understanding that tonight we will encounter our God. And this is a tremendous thing. You might say, well, but Father, church is boring. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, well, too bad, you know. And the way I look at it is, look, you know, I mean, we say, well, in heaven, is, tr- is it going to be boring? No, it's not going to be boring. Well, why is it boring now? Well, we've got to practice. It's good for us. Just like life out there. Is, life, is heaven going to be unjust like life out there? No. Well, why is it unjust? To grow in virtue. Why is it hard to love? Is it going to be hard to love in heaven? Because it's hard to love here. No, it won't be hard to love in heaven. Why is it hard to love here? Because we're in training. We're in training. So will mass be better in heaven? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be better. Yeah, there'll be a better preacher. Yeah. He will be God. (laughs) So, coming forward tonight then, I just invite you to do this. As you come forward to receive Holy Communion, or even to receive, um, you know, to unite yourself with the Holy Eucharist if you're unable to receive the Eucharist. As you come forward today, really just, what is it that you really need to improve upon? Maybe it's gratitude. Maybe it's uh, repentance. Maybe it's just love, you know. Um, Maybe it's getting just sort of out of the fog of taking it for granted and really tonight you know internally make this reception of the eucharist something that it ought to be something that truly orients us to our heavenly father